Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Southwest Virginia Fishing Report with Matt Riley. How you doing, Matt? Doing great, Marvin. How are you? As always, just trying to stay out of trouble, and, and also, as always, always take a quick look at your weather, and uh, you're warming up, but it's going to be kind of windy and rainy, so you kind of are getting to that edge of early spring weather. Yeah, it's definitely um, starting, to, starting to think like uh, you know March coming in like a lion. Here, at least this way it's been the last week or so we've just been in this high pressure bubble where it's been you know high sun and windy um most days um and kind of hitting those seasonal average highs like like low 40s to 50 degrees which is pretty good um but you know like i, I say this time of year um it's either cold or it's windy so Hopefully we get a get a window of some some uh, you know calmer days. Maybe some cloud cover would be, would be really nice right about now. Got it. And so, what are you seeing on the water on the musky front? Um, things have been good. Um, they were they were pretty chewy uh, last week, thankfully. Um, but uh, you know, like I said, we got blown off the river late last week with you know white capping and you know high high winds and. Um, but outside of that, we've been doing pretty good, um, seeing lots of fish, catching a few fish, um, for some folks who, um, gotten a couple of first muskies in the boat, um, in the last week or two. Um, and, uh, yeah, but things are cold, you know, we're still looking at like mid to high thirties, um, water temperatures, depending on, you know, what the couple day temperature trend is. Um, so you know, just like any kind of fishing in the wintertime, we're still working those, those temperature gradients and, and warming trends and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, and I would imagine, as you as we always say, the trout fishing is the trout fishing, right? So, you know, low and, yeah. Yeah, low and slow is the order of the day, and it's probably, if, if it's that cold, you probably haven't even been trying to pry any smallmouth out of their wintering holes, have you? Uh, no. Um, we do have, there's a little bit of opportunity um uh, for some smallmouth fishing in East Tennessee, um, where we've got some some warm water influence that, that we got into a little bit last week, uh, just to kind of spice things up a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, on the mountain stream front, things have been, you know, again, it, it just kind of depends on what the trend is. You know, some mornings, um, some days have been really, really slow. You know, if we've had a couple of days of real cold nights, um, but, uh, you know, just, just hunting for warm water, fishing later in the day, um, close to the bottom is always good. Um, and then our, uh, our, our, our tailwater trout fishing down in Tennessee has been, um, been pretty good as of late too. You know, we've got brown trout coming off of the post-spawn period, um, moving, you know, kind of back into their normal areas, um, or, you know, headed headed towards spring. Um, that's been good when we haven't been able to get on the, the new to musky fish. Um, so we're, we're getting on towards spring where we're going to have a lot of options coming at it soon. Um, and that little bit of rain we're looking at next week should, should only help with that. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about having something to look forward to, got a question from Will Travis. And Will wants to know how you like to fish your crayfish patterns for smallmouth. Yeah. Um, so I, 
I may be in the minority um, in this, but my my favorite way to fish a crayfish pattern is with a number one with a floating line, which you know a lot of people are tempted to fish sink tips and intermediate lines and stuff like that. I really don't feel like you have the strike detection with those kinds of lines. Things get just really kind of uh, dampened. Um, even though, you know, like with an intermediate line, you generally have a, a core that has relatively low stretch. Um, if you're getting really soft bites, a lot of times I, I don't feel like I can really feel through that line. The way I, I tend to fish a, a crayfish fly is with the floating line and then generally just a, you know, a nine foot four carbon leader, uh, generally, you know, zero X or one X. Um, and you know, any crayfish fly worth its salt should have some weight in it, um, to get it down on the bottom, riding to the point up. And I, I generally make a cast and to some degree, I'm going to, I'm going to mend my line right off the bat to basically to take, to, to make my line not straight, you know, I'm trying to make some form of a, of a, you know, of a bend in the last like five feet of my fly line. And what that allows me to do is, is have, you know, sort of a, a visual cue for that fly catching on the bottom. So if when that fly inevitably gets down, you know, like it should hit the rock, um, you'll see that line kind of just start to, just start to, you know, curl and like track towards that spot where it's stuck. And in that case, you know, you can either give it, just another big men, um, which will hop that fly off the bottom, or you can just give it a short little like six inch strip, which will hop it off the bottom and then you can remend. Um, but just keeping that fly line on the surface, um, and keeping that little crook in your fly line gives you the ability to watch it, you know, for any kind of bounce or, or hard stop or, uh, or, you know, twitch or something like that. And, Generally, you know, that's, that's how you detect a fish and then you can give it a good hard hook set. Um, that's how I prefer to fish them. Um, like I said, you can fish them on sink tips and intermediate. Um, but in terms of really sort of having that visual cue for, okay, my fly is on the bottom fishing where it needs to fish. Um, and then being able to watch something, uh, to, to detect a strike, I really, really prefer a floating line to that. Yeah, got it. And how do you like to animate your retrieve? Um, so, like I said, you can, for the most part, um, you know, especially I do probably, I mean, 90% of my crayfish fly fishing between, you know, the middle of March, early to mid-March through, you know, certainly the first week of June, um, but probably, you know, through the end of April. And so generally you've got higher water, um, swifter water, and you need to be down on the bottom. So first thing I do is throw the fly out, get it down to the bottom. And then you really don't want to be just stripping the fly through the water. You know, you want to be bouncing it along the bottom, letting it kind of settle into crevices and stuff like that. Um, if you're properly fishing a crayfish fly, you're going to lose a lot of them. Unfortunately, um, you can go back and get them, um, but they need to be fishing on the bottom. And then, like I said, you can either 
once it hits bottom, you can either throw a big man and generally just, you know, the movement that you impart on your fly by moving the fly line um, is will basically just hop that fly off the bottom and, and let it kind of settle back down. Um, or, you know, if, if you don't, if you don't have, um, you know, current or some condition that, uh, makes mending a lot a good idea, then you can just do, you know, sort of short little strip or, you know, sometimes I'll do a little bit of like, almost like a stack mend, like throwing like a, just picking your rod tip up, like you're jigging a streamer or something and just throwing like a foot of slack into your, into your line. Something that'll just it'll just bump that fly like six inches and make it hop up off the bottom um, is is good. And that's another you know presentation um, advantage for a floating line because you know if you have a, a crayfish or a nine foot leader on a floating line and the fly settles down to the bottom and then you give it a six inch strip, it's going to strip or it's going to hop towards the surface versus. You know, if you're fishing it on a sink tip or something like that, it'll tend to come straight across the bottom. And I think you tend to get stuck more often that way. Um, and it's, it's not uh, necessarily fishing as much. Yeah, got it. And, and, you know, folks, we love questions on the Articulate Fly. You can email them to us. You can DM us on social media or drop them in the comments on our social media posts. And if we use your question, I'll send you some Articulate Fly swag and we were in a drawing for some cool stuff from Matt at the end of the season. And, you know, Matt, like we always do, we want to know what you're writing for the rural Virginian this week. Yeah. So this week, uh, the column coming out is, uh, about, um, I actually wrote it a couple of weeks ago and they got a little bit behind on the production schedule. Um, so I may have already said this, but, um, it's just sort of, it's about the general, like, bird movement patterns that we see surrounding the river in the wintertime. You know, when we hit those like really kind of basement air temperatures in, in late January generally, um, the uh, a lot of the still waters in the region freeze up and so you'll see a waterfowl migration from the still waters to the river and so all of a sudden we just start seeing all kinds of different ducks on the river. And then we actually start seeing a movement of, uh, of bald eagles, too, following one, you know, open water and two, you know, waterfowl, because they'll eat waterfowl, too. So there's a little bit of a discussion on a little bit of a naturalist event that we see every year on the river time coming out this week. Yeah, very neat. And I know uh, you've been booking uh, smally days like crazy. You want to let folks know kind of what you have available and how to get in touch with you and all that kind of good stuff? Yeah, um, there's a there's a couple dates still available for like early pre-spawn stuff in, in March, um, and then there's maybe like two dates in April and like two dates in May. And other than that, we're looking at uh, kind of late spring, uh, June, and then into early summer at this point. Uh, well, there you go. Well, you know, folks, you owe it to yourself to get out there and catch a few tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Matt. All right, thanks, Marvin.